What's up, what's up, what's up? It's your host, Amobia Kugo, back at it again with another episode of a Frugal Athlete Podcast. We are at episode eight. We're growing by the week. Every Wednesday, we're coming at you with new material. And we just want to take this time right off the back to thank the audience. Um, I think we're at about 650 listens. So I just want to take take the time and thank you guys. Um, thank you for subscribing. Thank you for um, tuning in, you know, we've been growing week by week, trying to get better. So I just want to take this time to thank you. If you're new, welcome to the show, a frugal athlete podcast, where we give you an insider's look into the professional athletes, financial playbooks, and also discuss what it means to be a frugal athlete and talk about everything sports business. Um, this episode, man, I'm giving it to you real. Um, the NFL draft is tomorrow. So I just want to start off talking about that. And then we got a lot of things to cover from um, Steph Curry um, and his media company that has started that he started to Tom Brady's new ventures to Aaron Rodgers ownership stake in the Milwaukee Bucks to Rob Kronkowski's acquired stake in a racehorse. Um, some big players in the game in light of recent news with the um, Entrepreneur magazine. And uh, we're going to close with a quick um a quick shout out to the agents in the game, especially um, two agents in the game that are women that are doing their thing um, from a sports business side. So uh, tune in episode eight. Make sure you subscribe, leave a review. We're trying to grow every day. We're trying to get better every day. So all criticism and reviews are welcome, please. Uh, thank you. So let's get started. So the NFL draft is tomorrow, and here you're going to see student-athletes become overnight millionaires within the matter of hours, from collecting booster money to having checks that you can't even count. So, um, I mean, quick shout-out to the athletes because they deserve it. They've worked hard all their life to make it this far. But it's really crazy, you know, working all your life, and then at the age of 19, 18, 19, 20 years old, you're an, you're an overnight millionaire. You can take care of a lot of problems that you may or may not have had before, whether it's, you know, clearing your parents' debt, you know, buying some things that you didn't, you couldn't have or afford growing up. Um, it's all there for you right now. So as an athlete, you see the struggle when it comes to, you know, being financially responsible when you have um, ex like excessive needs or sorry excessive how can i explain it excessive means to get what you need to get so right off the back i'm going to tell you all professional athletes all sorry all rookie professional athletes need to do four to five things before they get drafted there's actually more, but I'm going to give you the four things that you need to do before you get drafted or when you get drafted, right after you get drafted. It doesn't matter. One, get a new cell phone. Once you get drafted, especially in the first round, people are going to already assume how much you make, how much you're expected to project to make, how much you already have through endorsements and stuff. You're going to have people hitting you about the woodwork. 
you don't want that when you're a rookie. You know, you're trying to get into the team, establish yourself. So, you know, just get a new phone, get a new number, um, give it to people that are important to you, your family, your close friends, your, 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 your agent, obviously. And that's it. That's the phone you communicate on. Your other phone is now locked, locked away because you're going to have people hitting you up, lost, lost, lost old cousins, old friends that, uh, old uncles and aunties that claim they were the reason why you made it this far. And, uh, no disrespect to anyone that, that that's helped you, but if they really were there when they helped you, you'll, you'll know how to take care of them. You'll know how to keep a relationship with them. If they're out the woodwork, you just keep them out the woodwork. You don't need that. You, you don't need that in your life. Um, I mean, as a soccer player, I've, I've dealt with this, um, obviously to a lesser extent. Uh, I remember I actually, when I got drafted, I gave my phone to my sister because I, I was nervous. I didn't want to like, you know, have my phone ringing when I was doing my speech. So after I was doing like the, the press interviews, my sister said that my phone actually shut off because I was getting so many messages and emails and texts and stuff like that. Um, from my phone, and this was at the time I still had I still had like a Nokia flip phone, so you know it wasn't holding any memory. But a, a soccer player in the states like me getting all this all this love, can you imagine uh, someone that's going in the first round in the NBA or an NFL draft like tomorrow? I couldn't even imagine it. I remember getting Facebook Facebook requests from cousins. I put the 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 asterisk sign next to cousins um, from Nigeria that I hadn't even met, hadn't even seen, didn't even know about. And I would know about it because I did a whole family tree. So just just get a new phone, get a new number. You don't even want, you don't want that problem in your life. Um, number two, and this is an issue I want to bring up too because I don't understand why professional athletes borrow money before they have... Um, an idea of how much money they're going to make, how much, where they're going to place, you know, how, just all that. So pay your agent back. You don't want it. You don't want to come out the gate with any problems with your agent. A lot of athletes, especially the NFL athletes that, you know, do trainings, preseason training or uh, NFL draft prep training, they, um, they take money up front from the agent as, as like a sort of loan. And then when they, they expect when they get drafted, they um, pay them back. So you don't want to deal with any issues right off the back. You know, your agent can can essentially make or break your career depending on if you have a good relationship with them. You don't want them, you know, spreading bad, spreading bad news or spreading bad news on your name. So number two, pay your agent back immediately. Pay whoever you owe back. You don't want to going to your rookie year, owing anybody money or being in debt to lenders because you couldn't get off on the right foot. Number three, um, I guess number three would be, you know, talk to your immediate circle and that would be your family, um, your friends, and then your, uh, your team, whether it's your business manager, your agent, your financial advisor, your accountant, make sure you guys are all on the same page. That's the first thing you guys should do. You know, your primary fo- your primary focus is to, you know, focus on the sport. And 
Obviously, you trust your inner circle to take care of the rest. Obviously, you need to be involved and informed, but your primary focus is to perform at the highest level. So you can continue making good money. You can continue building your brand, continue making endorsements. So just have that talk, get on the same page, create a platform where you know it's going to be happening. If you if you you know, if you want to help out your family members, you know, figure out how much you're going to be helping them out with or what you're going to be helping them out with. You don't want to, you know, in the middle of the season, expect um, a random check you got to pay for because it wasn't talked about earlier when you could have got a head start on this. Uh, number four and the last, probably the most important is delete your social media tweets post, whatever, you have to do a social media cleanse before you get drafted. Every year, one professional athlete that's getting drafted sees their stock fall or they get drafted high and end up losing endorsements before they even had them because haters or whatever you would like to call them, critics, haters, fans, they pull up your old, they pull up your old tweets they pull up your old post. Um, you don't want that to happen to you. So if your agent or manager is not doing a social media cleanse for you, you got to check them. If you're not doing a social media cleanse for yourself, you got to check yourself. This is an easy way to lose millions of dollars just because of some past tweets that, you know, maybe when you were immature or in a different space that you that you posted. Now that you're going to be in the spot spotlight 24-7, you got to watch how you act. You got to watch how you move in the social media standpoint because everyone everyone's waiting for you to make that mistake. So my advice, especially for the big players, like whether it's in the NBA, NFL, uh, MLB, you might as well just start a whole new social media channel, new Twitter, new Facebook, new Instagram, and delete the old ones. Um, that's just the safest bet. You don't want to you don't want to come back. You know, you get drafted top five pick, go back, you're doing the interview and then someone asks you, oh, in 2012, you sent a tweet about um, blah, blah, blah. How would you respond? You're supposed to be enjoying your moment. But because you tweeted something crazy five, six years ago and you didn't do a cleanse, um, you're, you're you're now suffering. And obviously, if, if people want to find their dirt, they're going to find their dirt. But this is the best and surefire way to avoid that. Um, for me, I, 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 I still delete my tweets um, every month or so just to do a cleanse. You never know. Uh, I, I always joke around with people. Don't judge me on my old tweets. I'm a different man then. Um, but as an athlete, now that you're in the spotlight, you have to you have to watch how you move. It's very important. Um, it's the difference between, you know, being a fan favorite, being respected, being respected by your your audience and, you know, just being a scapegoat for different things. You know, if people don't like you, they 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 start, you know, um, how can I say they start critiquing you more. You could be a you could be a great player. And uh, because they don't like you, they say, you know, you didn't play well or you could have a great career, but you can never get endorsements because uh, you're not um, you're not um, like a media ambassador in a sense. So I think that would that'll be my last takeaway. Um, do not. Actually, no. Whoa, sorry, not do not definitely 
cleanse your social media before you get started with your professional career. And that can go for anybody in um, in real life. I'm not saying like hide hide your personality or anything, but just watch how you think before you tweet. And because you're about to be drafted and make a lot of money, um, just just start afresh. Just start afresh. So a quick recap. One, get a new phone, new number. Just start afresh. Two, pay back all debt owed to your agent, to your lender, whoever you owe. Three, talk with your team, your inner circle. That includes your family, your close friends, your business team, and just get on the same page. And four, cleanse your social media. That will help you get off to a good start and help you just focus on getting off on the right foot for the sport that you play. In this case, NFL. Um, uh, also to touch on the draft every year, you see, um, you know, the best and worst dressed and, uh, shameless plug. Obviously we're going to keep doing that. Frugalathlete.com, uh, just came out with a blog post about do clothes make the man. And every year you see at the draft, people come suited and booted, dressed to impress some good suits, some bad suits, some very expensive suits, some outlandish suits, and uh, to touch on a lot of a lot of the a lot of the players, you know, especially with the big with the big um, with the big sports, they get deals with different brands that custom make suits for a fee or actually free of charge, or um, stuff like that. So this doesn't apply to everyone, but you don't have to go overboard on your suit. I remember a couple of years back, Lamar Jackson, who actually, who we highlighted on the blog post, if you check out frugalathlete.com, um, he wore a Macy's suit to his Heisman um, to his Heisman ceremony. And he got mixed reviews on that. He got a lot of flack talking about how he can be so cheap, blah, blah, blah. Someone, some people were like, oh, that's a great investment. I personally thought it was a great investment. There's nothing wrong with the Macy's suit as long as it, you know, is quality and it and it's a good fit. Um but this is just this is just to point out that now that you're an athlete, um the outside world is gonna expect you to do certain things that may or may not be in your uh train of thought. And one of those things is dressed to the nines. And uh my whole big thing about being dressed to the nines is you can dress quality without going crazy on um designer luxury brands um on the post i i talked about how um two former draft picks all even though they were in the first round malik monk and deshaun watson spent eighteen hundred dollars on some um on some dress shoes those um sparkle i think they were like the i don't know if they're the louis vuitton or the balenciaga the balenciaga like crystal diamonds studded dress shoes and it's like Yes, their first round picks, they're making automatic million dollars minimum when they get drafted. My problem is, is when you have the, you know, sixth, seventh round undrafted guy um, trying to keep up to that to that style. And not only are they getting one pair, they're getting three, four, five, six pairs of these different type of luxury brands. Like I can never justify buying a four hundred dollar belt, let alone three or four. One belt will do the trick for me. 
And to touch on, you know, there's there's a good thing about buying quality products is they last longer. Um, so I'm not saying you go to the thrift store and, you know, just buy buy a $20 belt that you're going to have to replace two months later or buy a $10 t-shirt that is going to get ruined after one spin cycle. But I'm just saying that you could be methodical in how you shop. And as a professional athlete, you're going to have a lot of money, a lot of cash on hand. And one of the hardest things to keep track of is how you spend money on clothes. Uh, I've seen some guys spend money uh, like $2,000 on a pair of shoes just to match one outfit. They literally wear that one pair of shoe just for one outfit. And it's just crazy to me that, you know, that's kind of the norm when it comes to professional athlete circles, whether it's the, whether it's having a shoe collection, um, more than likely a Jordan shoe collection, or, you know, having to have all these new, uh, like, underground expensive brands, like whether it's like Fear of God, Off-White, all these random brands that I think I could make on my own if I designed it. But stuff like that. So as a uh, as a professional athlete, as anyone for ex- actually, you just just watch how you spend your money when it comes to clothing, um, because if you try to keep up with the trends, trends are always going to change. Um, if you try to keep up with the the latest movements, those are going to change. Um, yeah. So um, I will say every man needs two solid suits. If you need to invest in that, then you can. I remember I got my first suit, my draft suit from Macy's. My second and third suits were from Joseph A. Bank because I got a good deal. Went to the went to went to a custom store, got them um, got them tailor made for me. But I bought the suits from Joseph A. Bank. Um, so it doesn't really matter as long as you're not looking like a bum. You can pre- you can present yourself in a quality way without spending crazy money. Um, so I just wanted to, that was my little rant when it comes to athletes and clothes and wasting money. I don't even know how you have enough closet space for some of the clothes that I see athletes buying. Um, so let's, uh, yeah, let's change, let's change, let's change gears a little bit. Uh, Steph Curry, he, um, he recently partnered with Sony, um, for his um his new media company um they're going to be doing all exclusive content and uh I thought that was really interesting to see Steph Curry kind of come into his own you've seen him starting to you know build out his kind of his personal brand his business his business ventures whether it's slice that app that he built with his co-founder or his partnership with uh coach up and all these other things so that was cool to see mm. I recently, uh, I recently listened to a YouTube video of Gary Vaynerchuk, Gary V, as he likes to go by. Um, you may or may not have heard about him. You probably have because he's literally everywhere on all social media platforms. Um, he was just talking to like an artist or something about uh, individuals needing to be their, needing to identify themselves as their own media companies, and I think. Um, professional athletes and student athletes anyone for that matter are are starting to kind of see that and starting to change the way they're doing things in that aspect 
So I just thought it was cool to see Steph Curry really uh, step into his own realm when it comes to opening up his own media company and developing that partnership with Sony. Um, I think it goes back to touch on like as an athlete, you know, now you're 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 in the spotlight twenty four seven. So whatever you do is going to get scrutinized. It's going to get watched. Um, so I think Gary Vee was right that you should consider yourself a media company because you see now, especially like fans follow the players more than they follow the teams. You see, you see Steph, the likes of Steph Curry, LeBron James, all these other guys, they have more followers than the team. They, they create more engagement than the team. If they were to leave, I'm sure an influx of fans would follow them before they follow any team that um, that moves or changes locations. And that's another topic for another day. There's no loyalty in sports. So athletes do not feel bad if you want to ask for a trade or go somewhere else, except Kevin Durant. He kind of did them dirty. Sorry, that's a sports topic. Back to Back to this. Yes, athletes need to make sure that they they consider themselves media companies because that's the best way to go about building your brand, building your image in a positive manner and, you know, creating a platform where you can um you can transition after your career's over. Um it just allows you to be in so many different spaces, especially with the way the market's going with digital media and social media and tech and entrepreneurship. It, it would behoove you to not take advantage of all the resources that we have now. And you don't, um, you don't have to be involved in everything, although you should be, but you should find your niche. If you, if you're good with the camera, uh, be more camera based. If you're good at writing, be more writing based. If you're good with vlogging, do that. If you like talking, start a podcast. There are, there's many different ways to start your media company. And from there, you can slowly build out. As you can see, uh, LeBron James with Uninterrupted, Kevin Durant with 35 Media. And now you see Steph Curry with um, his um, with his media company. Um, so it's cool to see um, athletes step into this entrepreneurship game. And speaking of entrepreneurship, Entrepreneur, the magazine came out with a, a pretty cool article um, listing um 70 total athletes, both um, current and retired, um, that are doing good things in the business space. Um, I thought, you know, not to harp on anything, but I thought Entrepreneur was kind of lazy with the with the article. Um, um, just me in particular, because as at a frugal athlete, we're not just trying to highlight, you know, the big athletes that everyone knows about, because obviously they're brands within themselves and they're going to be set up after their career is over. So I, I, I personally like to highlight, you know, um, individuals in the athlete space that may or may not be in the bigger sports or may or may or not may or may not be in the spotlight that have done well with their financial and career decisions. So, for example, um, the list included guys like Derek Jeter, J.J. Watt, LeBron James, Michael Jordan, Tiger Woods, Lindsey Vaughn, Serena Williams, Venus Williams. The list goes on and on. But they didn't even include a Donald Foyle, David Bink, Junior Bridgman, Vinnie Johnson. These are guys that, you know, you have to take, you have to kind of take a double take when you hear about their careers. Obviously, 
they came in at different times, different sports, whatever. But these are guys that I would consider, I would put on the list before or right alongside any of the guys that I mentioned before. Also, uh, can't even forget JT Bender. Um, there's there's a whole multitude of athletes that um, Jeremy Bloom, like I can go on and on. And fortunately, I, I'm kind of spoiled because I've done the research and I, I know different athletes that, you know, have made, you know, economical and frugal decisions, both financially and career wise. So I can start I can name them off the top of my head. But for entrepreneur, I thought it was kind of lazy on their part, but it's a great article. I have it in the show notes and description, so make sure you check it out. Uh, to touch on that, um, the fact that there's so many different athletes um, that are doing good in the business space, uh, I think it. I think it just goes to show that there's there's so many ways to make money or transition. It doesn't have to be one thing. Um, for example, um, Robert Gronkowski just acquired a, a stake in a horse for the Kentucky Derby. Uh, unfortunately, the, the, the horse had to drop out for like an injury or something. Aaron Rodgers just bought a minority stake ownership group, ownership stake in the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, you could franchise. You can guess right. You can affiliate market. You can coach. You can ref. You can commentate. You can go to real estate. You can just, you know, have such a good platform from your career that you just live off the residuals of your stock and interest off your stock. You can become a business manager, a management consultant. There's there's so many ways to use your platform as an athlete to make money long after your career is over. I think it's all about you as an athlete, you know, finding your passions, connecting with the right people and doing the work because um, just like you do the work in your career to perform at the highest level, you got to do the work to make sure your transition is as smooth as possible. Because unfortunately, if it's not, studies and statistics show that you're going to be bankrupt or struggling financially uh, within four to five years after your career is over. So I just wanted to highlight that, that there's many, like my dad always says, there's many ways to the top of the mountain. It's all about just finding what you're passionate about and using the leverage that you have as a professional athlete to go about it the right way. And it can't be understated. It doesn't matter if you're a professional athlete for six months, three years, four years, 10 years. Once you have that professional athlete tag by your name, it opens so many doors. I can't even tell you. You put that on your LinkedIn, people just want to connect with you. They want to know how you got there because it's a feat within itself. Not everyone can be a professional athlete. That's why we're all fans. We wish we could do the things that athletes do on a daily basis. So take advantage of it, whether it's reaching out, going to an event, you know, connecting with fans. Do what you got to do um, because at the end of the day, no one's going to no one's going to take care of you when you're done retiring. they would be like, oh, yeah, that's cool. Oh, no, you're done playing. Yeah, so make the most of the opportunity that you have now. Quick break before I talk your ear off. We do not have any sponsors, so it's going to be a shameless plug advertisement. <laughs> Oh, you know, man. Oh, you know, man. Oh, you know, man.
Make sure you check out our new segment, Money Talks with Jonathan Perrin, professional baseball player with the Milwaukee Brewers organization and certified financial advisor, where he talks all things in the financial sector from latest trends, current investments, and things that's happening in the sports business world. Check it out on afrugalathlete.com and enjoy. I always ask myself, why is tech so popular amongst athletes? And I and I really don't know why. I don't know if it's because, you know, with the way everything's going, everything's next to your phone, athletes want to get into that. Or is it because, you know, we see apps like Instagram, Facebook, you know, um, Postmates, Uber, these unicorn apps that are doing well that, you know, the competitive drive of athletes are oh, yeah, let me build an app or let me get into tech because I know I'm going to make buku money. And buku money is like crazy money for for anyone that is not hip to the word. Sorry. Um, yeah, so I don't know why why tech is so popular. Maybe it's because athletes in tech, we can like we can understand tech more than we can other other sectors or other entities or other um, different ways to invest or build entrepreneurship. So I've always wondered that. And I think it's going to be interesting to see as um, sports continues to get more dollars, uh, tech and the media industry continue to find innovative ways to advance and develop. It's going to be really interesting to see uh, kind of what happens in that space. Um, Our team frugal athlete of the week was Jason Fox. Uh, He's a former NFL player. He recently created a ear music app called earbuds and it's basically like a social media sharing platform that you can use with your friends to share the music you're currently listening to and um we wish him the best of luck um i think it's a great concept great idea and um hopefully it works out uh the good thing about jason fox was that he just he did his homework in preparation he didn't just blindly go into um, to building an app or, you know, I want to make a lot of money in this tech thing. So let me just build an app. He did his homework, um, you know, took courses on, uh, on his MBA, uh, studied his friends' businesses and really went about it the right way. Uh, which I think is very important, especially as an athlete, because you can, you can, uh, kind of mask a lot of problems with the capital you have, but, at the end of the day, your burn rate is going to catch up to you. So if you're not doing it the right way, preparing um, properly, um, you're in for a, a rude awakening. So it was cool to highlight Jason Fox as uh, as the team frugal athlete of the week. Um, if you're if you're new, if you're not familiar with the website, um, at frugalathlete.com. By the way, every Tuesday we highlight a professional athlete, either current or retired, that's done something. Um, economical or frugal in um, in their finances or their career decision to help them long after they retire. So this week was Jason Fox, uh, for, former NFL player, current entrepreneur. Uh, make sure you check it out on the website, Shameless Plug. I think Shameless Plug number five now, aprugalathlete.com. Um, so yeah. Um, yeah, we kind of we rolled through this this um uh, this podcast, uh, there was a lot of cool content. Um, 
before we, I before I let you guys go, uh, I wanted to touch on uh, the the changing landscapes of the agents. Like um, I always touch on it, you know, social media, digital digital media is changing the way athletes kind of do do business in a sense. Like it's more important to have. It's I'm, I'm not more important. It's equally as important to you know be able to be uh, to have a good brand to be marketable in a sense than it is to actually produce. Like you see that, especially in. Um, the bigger leagues, like it, uh, your your brand uh, identity uh, holds a lot of weight in terms of um, getting ex- extensions, new contracts, and stuff like that. So uh, you definitely can see the agent landscape changing. Uh, whether you even need an agent or whether you need more than one agent or different type of agents, you can definitely see it changing. Um, so I think that's going to be interesting to note moving forward, um, what your agent can provide. I know earlier I spoke on if your agent or manager didn't tell you to delete your tweets or social media before the draft, I think you might need to look another direction. Um, that's just me though. You know, your agent is supposed to have your best interests and if they don't make sure you're, you know, squeaky clean, looking squeaky clean before the draft, they're not looking for your best interests. So it's going to be interesting to see. Um, um, uh, yeah, I said I was going to give a quick shout out to two women in the game. Um, Lamar Jackson, who's who I highlighted earlier as well, you know, for him being smart and economical with his with his shopping, with his suit game. Um, he decided to use his mother, Felicia Jones, as his agent manager. Mom and mom and mom manager. Damn, say that three times fast. I was trying to use like mom and manager as a nickname. It didn't come out so hot, but yeah, he's using his mother as a as his confidant, his manager and his agent. Um and he's getting a lot of flack for that for whatever reason, um because he didn't he didn't do certain interviews, he didn't participate in the combine. Um all that flack. Um I feel like his his career speaks for itself and personally I think he's doing a great job because um as an African American quarterback, they're they're already looking at him. They're already uh, pigeonholing him in a certain, in a certain, uh, in a certain way that he that he's a run first quarterback. And if you look at his numbers, he's equally good both in the air and on the ground. So why you know why play into that by doing combine drills? Let them let them make their decision, and you're gonna go where you want where you're wanted. Um, and I think him and his his mother have a have a have a plan in order and they're sticking to it. And I, I don't know if I'm biased because I just like, you know, when families work together and, you know, succeed. I don't know if it's me just liking that because for my own personal situation, having my parents very heavily involved in all my career decisions or, you know, seeing LeVar Ball, now seeing this, I think it's I think it's really good and I think it's it's, it's really gonna be a game changer. Um lastly, um wanted to touch on another another woman agent who's probably has way more experience than uh Felisa Jones, no disrespect, but um she's part of the Rock Nation team. Uh Kim Milia, I think I I pronounced it right. Uh she represents Des Bryant and also Saquon Barkley. 
and uh, she's been getting some flack, you know, being a woman agent in the game, uh, not playing the sport or whatever that means. Um, so how can she represent these big time athletes to the best of her abilities? And to be honest with you, that's a whole that's a whole load of BS. Um, I don't know who else listens to this. so I would have said the real cuss word, but I'm going to say BS, because at the end of the day, agents they don't have to play the game they just have to know the game they have to be able to negotiate they have to be able to get their players backs have their players trust and as long as the agent has that and is able to get the best deal or whatever the client wants then they've done their job they don't have to be a hall of famer or have had to play a certain amount of years or have had to be involved in the game like I personally don't even know her history. She could have had, she could have played football. She could have played flag football. She could have been a big sports fan all her life growing up, or she could have just been a good negotiator. It doesn't really matter. Um, what matters is that she's representing her clients to the best of her abilities. She's not skimming off the top of them and um, she's getting the job done. Um, personally, I actually think, uh, you know, so I actually think it's crazy that she would, that, that, um, that um, these women athletes are getting flack. Uh, and uh, I've heard people even say that uh, that they just don't know the game. Uh, they're emotional. Like, you can't, you can't use that. And as a matter of fact, it might be even better to be emotional when um, representing your client because you're, you're more invested. I know some, some, uh, some agents, once, they, once their client gets cut, they're like, oh, on to the next I need to get this money. This guy's this guy's not going to get it for me. Whereas you have an a agent that's okay, if you want to say emotionally invested or emotionally charged, you know that they're going to do everything in their power to make sure that their agent is good. Whereas you have another agent that's uh man, you started falling off, man. I, I you're not going to I'm not going to make I'm not making any money off you. Bye. Or I need to I need to hit quota. So let me get 10 agent. Let me get 10 clients and um I'm going to make my money back off you, but I don't have to care about you. Uh, and the worst is when you have an agent that represents conflict of interest. If if my agent represents a wide receiver that's on my team, how am I going to know is he going to be supporting me or is he going to be supporting the other wide receiver? Is he going to tell me to pick, take a pay cut so they can go around and turn it and give it to the other player that he represents or vice versa? So these are all things you got to consider, and I think it's definitely changing, as you can see um, in the agent space, agent landscape, and it's going to be really interesting to see. So I just wanted to give a major shout-out to those two women that are, you know, making marks in the game, Felicia Jones, Kim Melia, uh, keep holding it down, keep doing your thing. Um, good luck to all the participants in the NFL draft. Uh, don't change. Keep working hard. Um I've been there, obviously not at the NFL level. I've seen guys go there, make it, lose it, get it back. I've seen guys keep it. Uh, so you guys are in for a rude awakening, but just stay a frugal athlete and you'll be good. So uh, shameless plug number six. Anyways, I've been talking too long. Great content today. Make sure you subscribe, leave a review. Positive, negative, I don't care. We just need to get more views, more listens. Um, 
and continue to grow this thing. We got some we got some new content coming. Definitely, um, definitely excited about that. Um, especially uh, money talks with Jonathan Perrin. I think that's going to be a, a real game changer. Uh, we got some more content coming on the way. Um, I know I keep saying that every week, but it's really coming. Um, this entrepreneur stuff is is a grind. You got to test your patience, but uh, but it's been a pleasure. So um, thanks again for tuning in. Episode eight. NFL draft prep. Uh, yeah, subscribe. I really need that that listening, those listens and stuff to go up. I don't even know how it works with the algorithms, but yeah. So uh, catch y'all later. Peace.